Choose life, choose a sport, choose a drop zone, choose a start time, choose a fucking big jump plane, choose turbine engines, speed, unlimited altitude, and endless horizons. Choose height, no low turns, and travel insurance. Choose jump tickets, choose tiny action cameras, choose your mates, choose a rig and matching helmet, choose swoop shorts and a range of fucking fabrics, choose 120 vertical speed and wondering who the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch, watching debriefs, spirit-saving slow-mos, smashing beers after last load. Choose standing on the podium at the end of it all. Choose a win you'll love every time. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you fly NZ Aerosports? Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe... There's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports, fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast, or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So the equipment is top of the line kick-ass stuff as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot.
Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, touching base with an old friend who's been having some fun. And fuck just you for having bit. as just much fun li- as you just have. Just a little bit of fun. Uh, I don't know about. Who the fuck are you and what do you do? <laughs> uh, so I'm Zedge. Zedge, Andrzej Henryk Moszlewowski. Jesus Christ. Just- <laughs> Yeah, it's not the only thing about me. It's more than a mouthful. All right. Oh, uh, Jesus but- Christ. Really? <laughs> this is this is a family. F- oh, wait. No, it's not. Fucking go ahead. No, it's not. <laughs> I've known you for more than a minute, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a family-friendly uh, so, show. So I'm Zedge. Uh, I'm a skydiver based out of New York City. Um, I'm also the writer for Friday Freakout for Join the Team. Shout out to my boys, Chris and Andrew, for uh, for putting that together, for trying to provide safety tips for everybody nice um i got about 900 jumps i'm still kind of a baby but, yeah um yeah but i'm also i was the winner of the ultimate Summerfest experience at skydive chicago fucking and that is what we are here to talk about i think yeah yeah pretty much i, I want to hear the lowdown because obviously i didn't get to go to that uh, but first off i have to chastise you because you did not fulfill your part of the bargain for my vote <laughs> You never sent me the video of what I was supposed to do. Well, it's because I wasn't able to actually obtain a copy of the video because it's. I, I don't that think you have like a, the. That sounds like a you problem. You don't have the clearance level quite yet. At nine hundred jumps, I don't think you're you're not rated to see this video yet. You were supposed to get naked, lather with peanut butter, and entertain the drop zone dogs, but you didn't do that. So I was told that I would be given an instructional video and guidance on how to do this. Well, I'd say that was pretty self-explanatory, but I'm going to give you a pass on this one, but next year you're <laughs> going to have to do it. Next year. By the way, where are you right now? And fuck you again for this. <laughs> uh, right now I'm in Wildwood, New Jersey at the Skydive Cross <sighs> Wildwood Boogie. Jesus uh, the Christ. Only, the only northeastern boogie in the country to jump onto a beach. Oh, man. Now, we were just talking off podcast that I have amazing memories from there uh, doing barefoot uh, beach tandems out of the uh, Alouette, hel- the Cross Keys Alouette helicopter and landing on that beach and doing some really stupid stuff on the Ferris wheel <laughs> at night. Uh, it's such a fun, fucking different vibe down there. I mean, because Wildwood, you're landing right next to a bunch of people that have no clue what's going on, and then here's a bunch of people landing parachutes on the beach. Yeah. Last night we went out. We're at this bar. It's the Irish bar two blocks away from the house I'm at right now. And we obviously, skydivers, you know, you, you know the difference between skydivers and God is? No. God doesn't think he's a skydiver. Yeah, fair enough. You know, or like, how do you, how do you how do you figure out who the skydiver of the bar is? Oh, he'll tell you. Exactly. Yeah. So so all of us are in there. We're all wearing skydiver cross key shirts, and the next thing you know, like half the bar is asking us about doing tandems tomorrow or today. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the great the greatest marketing thing ever at Wildwood is just having us all go out get drunk. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> like, dude, that used to be one of the greatest things. That probably the smartest thing I ever thought uh, John Eddowes did is he used to pay. Um, one night every, I think it was almost every month for a bunch of us staff to go to different bars in Philly, uh, all around the place, get hammered fucking drunk and talk about skydiving. So we'd show yeah, up I, with a TV and a videotape uh, of <laughs> skydiving and just get fucking drunk on Edo's bill and talk about skydiving. And it never failed to bring in a ton of business. I'm going to propose this to Pico and Nadia. 
Dude, I'm telling you, not to mention it's just a you know a nice fat bar tab for you. I mean, why not? You might yeah. as well go have some fun with it. So back to the yeah. the, the topic at hand. You sucked. Yeah. You sucked up to everybody in skydiving so that you could get a free trip to Summerfest. It wasn't just skydiving. That's actually how I won. I I I. It, this actually really ties in very well to what you're just saying about marketing. <laughs> Um, so the ultimate Summerfest experience competition was possibly the best marketing campaign for a, a drop zone or a boogie I've ever heard of mm. because, all right. So for, for any listeners who aren't familiar with what happened, so, uh, Summerfest, Scott of Chicago's big boogie of the year, the arguably the largest skydiving event of the year yep. in possibly in the world. Um, it yeah. was the 20th year anniversary this year. Yep. And so. We missed last year due to COVID. They chose, in my opinion, very wisely to shut it down last year to try to protect, you know, the, the public health. Yep. And but they're like, "Fuck it, we are gonna go fucking huge for 2021. It's 20th year anniversary. Let's go nuts." Yeah. So they decided to give one person what they call the ultimate Summerfest experience, hmm. and what that entailed was you had to submit a 90 second video. And all it was, 90 seconds explaining why you deserve to have the ultimate Summerfest experience. Mm. And that was it. So I don't actually know how many people submitted videos, but they decided to uh, – they watched all the videos and they decided that three of us, myself, Chris Oates, Oatsy, and Ali Mack were the finalists. Okay. And they put our videos online and everybody had a chance for 30 days to vote. Okay. You had one month to vote for the winner. You're allowed to vote once a day. Um, and the winner would get an all expense paid trip to Summerfest. So they would pay for your registration, $500 towards travel, all your jumps, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at, uh, at eat up. What's up, Alan? Shout out because the food actually is really good for a drop zone. Awesome. Actually, it, it's not even good for a drop zone. It's just really good in general. Awesome. Um, and housing, they'll put you up. Cool. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a huge, huge package. Yeah. Unlike yours. So, <laughs> um, Allie did a video where she was pretty much talking about she's a newer jumper and she could really uh, use those free jumps specifically to get better and work on, on skills. Right. OC is a TI down at Scott F. Sebastian. Shout out to all my Scott F. Sebastian folks. Um, and shout out to OC, obviously. Um, and his big thing was like, hey, you know, I'm tossing drugs. I'm eating out of dumpsters to freaking make ends meet. I would love to be able to go just to actually be able to fall and jump a little bit. Sure. And my and then my video was Did you talk about how more, good you are at giving head and that you'd be – no, was that not it? I mean, that's between you and I. Bro. Okay, okay, fair enough. No, no. So what was yeah. your video? <laughs> uh, so my video was, it was, it was kind of two parts. The first part was – I love Summerfest. Every year at Summerfest, I go freaking insane for that event. Mm. Um, the old uh, manager of the Drop Zone, uh, AJ, he's known me for years, and we became friends because anytime anything needed to happen at Summerfest, he knew he'd come up to me like, hey, bro, I need an MC for tonight. Hey, bro, I need help freaking building the stage. Hey, Mike Brewer has a cutaway. We need people to go out there and find it. And I just I just fell in love with the event. It's sure. the happiest event in, in the year. And so for me, I, I my half my video was just me showing pictures of all the crazy, stupid stunts that I've pulled at Summerfest, mm. and me saying like I am the spirit of Summerfest. <laughs> the second half of my video was about being a frontline worker during the COVID epidemic in in, in New York City, um, because 
by the time that this contest came out, I was so fucking tired and so burned out. Mm-hmm. I had spent over a year fighting COVID at that point. Um, last year, between Thanksgiving and May, when the contest was was happening, I had 13 days off. Jeez. And I was averaging a 70-hour week. Wow. I was just so tired and so exhausted, and I didn't realize how badly I needed my skydiving family. Hmm. I didn't realize how big it is for my mental health. Um, what really what really clarified it for me was, uh, you know Katie Hansen? I know her very well, yeah. Yeah. So Katie was a nurse during COVID, and she yeah. was staying at with me and Logan at the time, uh, and Matt was too. Um and while she was in New York fighting COVID, she got an appointment for a tattoo that was like six months later. Yeah. And one day after a 16-hour day, I came home, and Katie was at the apartment because she was there for, for, the, for the tattoo appointment. And I had completely forgotten about it. I saw her. I just started cr- I gave her a huge hug. I just started crying. I started mm. bawling my fucking eyes out because I was so, so tired. Mm. And okay. I miss my skydiving family so much. Um. And yeah, so the second part of my video was talking about that, about how badly I needed a light at the end of the tunnel, how badly I needed to get back into skydiving in a big way. And the biggest way you could possibly get back into skydiving is showing up for Summerfest. Yeah, well, um, especially like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so, it's yeah. it's it's funny that you were staying with, uh, uh, or that uh, Katie and Matt and them were staying because uh, with you uh, when that was going on. Because I was back and forth trying to, uh, I was badgering Katie trying to get her on the podcast. And if you know Katie, she's not big about talking about herself. She doesn't like to brag on herself. She just kind of does her thing. And so I was kind of trying to hit her from both sides. And I was talking about uh, talking to her, and I was talking to Matt. And I'm like, eventually, I'm going to get this. And but while having all these conversations, um, Matt was telling me about his walking around New York while the protests were going on and how intense that was. Oh. And, and then I'm hearing from Katie about how intense her experience was and both of them. And I'm like, Jesus, here I think I'm having a hard time because I got to sit on the couch for a month and a half and I got to get permission to go to the store. But this is actually going on. And I mean, you were in the middle of it too in a deep way. So what specifically were you doing in with all this with covid so for um february 2020 i got called up um something in the army as you know and the reserves um uh, but i'm part of army reserve medical command mm. and i got activated so you're to go COVID resp- <laughs> i'm not in the navy bro <laughs> fuck you so yeah yeah no, I got called up on a, it was called a UAMTF, Urban Augmentation Medical Task Force. Um, and the, the, the idea was they would take these about 80-person units with the Army Reserve Medical Command and send them to random hospitals to go fight COVID. Okay. Because um, all the hospitals, in the, specifically in the South, were just getting fucking overwhelmed. They were slammed. Um, my UAMTF actually got stood up. We had to we moved down to Virginia. And then we sat around for four months waiting for orders. And due to a lot of the politics involved with COVID, unfortunately, we sat around for four months before they finally told us just to go home. Right. Um, it, it sucked. And I caught COVID, actually, because at that time in Virginia, nobody really believed in it yet. Um, and nobody was wearing masks. Nobody believed that it was actually a threat. So I, before they let us come home, we all get tested. And I was one of four people out of 80 or so that, that tested positive. Mm. Um that freak you out? Yeah. Um, it did. 
that was probably so i got down there in february that was probably in may that i tested positive by that time we were seeing a lot of the the cases and the the, the actual epidemi- epidemiology about it and seeing how bad it could be hmm. um so it was definitely like a pucker factor like sure. oh shit um because at that point i i i already knew at that point two people who had been hospitalized in the icu in new york hmm. people who were my age my you know like relative level of fitness i'm like fuck if they can wind up being hospitalized so can i sure um yeah one, one of them actually did die of it fucking hell yeah, well and that's so- the scary part right is it's not even necessarily death because you're a younger guy uh it's the long-term yeah. potential effects right i mean that can yeah. fuck your health for the rest of your life um yeah so like, for me like i'm i was training for an iron man at the time i'm like fuck like Fuck the Iron Man. I'm not gonna be able to run a mile still. I'm right. not gonna be still like be able to like do my two mile run for the army. Like, sure, it was scary as shit. Yeah, um, but for for me, it worked out. I was completely asymptomatic. I was one of the lucky ones. Um, I had my trainer and my bike with me at, at the hotel actually, where I was in uh, where I was in isolation. Uh, I did 42 hours <laughs> on the bike in 13 days. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I watched the first. I watched the first two seasons of Handmaid's Tale, like a bunch of get, movies. Like, getting rid of a little nervous energy on that one, huh? <laughs> well, it's crazy when you, when you're in isolation, like you 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 need some kind of routine to keep yourself sane. I was in yeah, a 220 square foot room for 14 days straight. Yeah, man. Like all the stuff they teach you in survival school, and they, like it all came back. <laughs> Seer school came back hard. I'm like, all right, I need a routine. I need an exercise <laughs> regimen. I I knew that from about. Uh, 3.30 to 5 o'clock, the sun would be coming through, direct sunlight would be coming through my window. Now it just, I knew that that for that hour and a half or so, I'd be naked on my bed. <laughs> just <laughs> chilling there, take, taking in all the vitamin D. Fair, man. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. Yeah. I mean, that's... But anyway, so... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah but so, we're talking all about COVID. Like, back to Summerfest. So yeah, that was my video. No, 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 no. About- hang on, hang on. So, but uh, how'd you end up uh, in New York with Katie? Uh, so originally, beef, um, when I got deployed to Virginia, it's very weird to call it deployment, but technically it was activated, whatever. Um, Katie got a – she's a traveler, and mm. she got a job in New Jersey um, fighting COVID at a hospital that was overwhelmed. Well, she didn't have a place to stay. And Logan, my roommate, Logan Donovan from Control Tower, um, the badass female swooper who's my bestie, she had moved to Utah during COVID just to kind of get the hell out of the city. Sure. Um, and she's actually still out there. But so her bedroom was open. And when Katie was looking for a place to stay in the tri-state area, Logan's just like, Katie, Matt, just take my fucking bedroom. Yeah. You know? Nice. Just com- commuting, commuting out of the city, especially at that point. There was no traffic. Right. Nobody was around. So Katie was commuting in and out of Jersey for that job um, out of our apartment. So that, that that's... The funny part is that she moved in while I was gone and deployed. Sure, wow. And I mean, yeah. it's pretty so funny because I, I, I mean, you're you're in in the sport. You're, like you said uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you're relatively new in the sport. You're a youngin, but here you are hanging with Katie and Matt, and these guys <laughs> are fucking. I mean, these are soldiers right there. These guys have been in the game yeah. for a long, long time. You know, I mean, uh, uh, so it's kind of funny how um, the generations so easily mix in skydiving. And that experience yeah, means jack shit. It's just a big family, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's how I know you're sorry ass. Like, yep. I, you know, you're, what, 
ten thousand hours, ten thousand jumps, blah 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 bullshit. Whatever yeah, your tagline is. A little bit more than that. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I just remember your t- that was like your tagline from uh, from Blue Skies. Well, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they say say something about yourself. Well, if you're a skydiver yeah. or a pilot, the only thing you know to say is what your ratings are, how many fucking jumps you've got, or how many hours you've flown as a pilot. That's it. That's <laughs> that's how yeah. we describe ourselves, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I've been very, very lucky in my skydiving like career experience, whatever you want to call it. Because like early on, I met Logan. Yeah. And Logan, being a badass fucking swooper, she introduced me to a whole bunch of people. She, it was Carolina Fest. She she told me to say hi to a bunch of people. I didn't know who the hell these people were, but she's like, say hi to Ju- to Nicole Smith. Say hi to Doug Barron. Say hi to Sam Smith. Like. Uh, she just ran off a list of pe- pretty much people with like Team USA patches yeah. on their freaking yeah. <laughs> on their shit. Went up and I said hi to them, and I had no idea who the hell they were. Sure, you know. But as a result, I, I made all these friends, and then you know, Scott I'm being Scott, I'm like, oh, if you're friends with Logan, you must be a good dude. Cool. Obviously, they're all wrong, but hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is kind of that way, though, right? You get the uh, you get the nod from somebody that hey, this person's yeah. cool. It's kind of like the fucking mafia, right? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is one of our friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so yeah, but- you you bullshit your way into winning this contest because you throw yeah. out the fucking tear. Okay, I get it. That's fine. Yeah. You earned it. Uh, you, no, you know what? I'll I'll say this. It wasn't just that. The, and you the, lied the to me for part- your vote, you motherfucker. I did lie to you for my vote. I'm okay with that. All right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I lied to you to get to get you in bed. So what else? Yeah, yeah but it was worth it. It absolutely was. <laughs> um, no, so, so a big part of how I won actually wasn't just that. So obviously, like I hate to say it, any online contest like that's a little bit of a popularity contest. Sure. Oh, they all are. The uh, the other side of it is, um, I got outside of skydiving. My story, half of it was, hey, I miss my Sky family. The other half of it was, I'm a fucking frontline worker. I need a light at the end of the tunnel. Sure. And so I appeal to the New York City community. You know, um, I, I made QR codes. I went to Central Park. I went to Washington Square Park with these little QR codes being like, hey, guys, my name is Zedge. I'm a frontline worker. I'm a COVID responder. I'm a veteran. I'm not asking for any money. I'm not asking for drugs. It's going to take 10, 10 seconds of your time. Really? And yeah, holy shit! I, I, I did this for like two weeks straight, every day. <laughs> you were and, in Washington Square with your own QR codes. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And the crazy thing is, like, most people think New Yorkers are such fucking assholes, and ah. we can be. We are gritty. We are fuck you. But in the middle of COVID, at seven p.m. every day. If you were within like five miles of New York City, you would just hear the whole city screaming, chanting, banging pots and pans and cowbells, supporting frontline workers. Yeah, man. When I went when I went up to people in the park and I said I'm a frontline worker and I'm not asking for money, ninety eight out of a hundred people will give me ten seconds of their time. See, that's awesome. Well, and I'll tell you what, I I will disagree with you on one thing. New Yorkers are I don't think they're assholes. I think they're 
They're assholes when they need to be. One of the things that I appreciated about New Yorkers specifically more than anywhere else is it's not that they're going to necessarily be an asshole to you. They're just going to say exactly what what's on their minds. So if you piss yeah. them off, they're going to fucking tell you. Yeah, we, we don't is, really have a filter. No, which is awesome because what's the old saying? Uh, live in uh, uh, California once but move before it makes you soft. Live in New York once but move before it makes you hard. Well, it's kind of true, but it's, it's cool because it just kind of removes the filters and fucking New Yorkers are just like... Look, motherfucker, what's up? <laughs> and they'll give you a shout. They'll give you a shot if it's time, you know, if it's good. So it's good. Yeah. Who are you grinning at? My, my friend Lily. Come here, Lily. Come, no, no. Now, now you're on the podcast. Now you have to say hi to Dean. She does look like a psycho, but she's she's a sexy psycho. Hello, Lily. How are you? This is one of the fun jumpers from Krosky's who's here who's here is at the boogie. Very good, very good. How are you <laughs> taking care of my old drop zone? Ask her how she's taking care of it. How how are you taking care of his old drop zone? He he is an old Krosky's guy. He came up across keys. He came up across keys at the heyday, back in the crazy days, back in the freaking Red Bull parties with strippers. And actually, he, he actually was a stripper. A long, long time ago. <laughs> a long, long time ago. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, you know what? This guy still could be. It's ridiculous. How old do you know, Dean? 52. He's 52, and he still has a body of a stripper. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, and also congratulations, Dean. You're getting married. Getting you got. Are you are married. You you got married. Yeah. Look at that shit, man. Fucking ring on the finger, man. Yep, yep. She put a ring on it. She put a ring on it. I figure 52. I mean, I guess I'm old enough. I'm almost responsible about, enough to handle about, it. About freaking time. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something like yeah. that. All right. Now we've met the friend that you were grinning at. Yep. But so. so you you went place. out and you went balls out, marketed the shit out of yourself. Yeah, I met a bunch of uh, executives from uh, from Twitter actually one day. <laughs> I came up to them and I'm like, and then they, they uh, one of them gave me their business card. They're like, dude, this is the guerrilla marketing at its best. We love this. <laughs> like, awesome. Um, but yeah, and it again, like it was also just it was a time in New York where anybody would do anything to help a frontline worker. I've been told so, it mean, was I, a lot like uh, um, it was reminiscent of 9-11. Same thing. It was this, it was this, um, yeah. this not necessarily pride in being a New Yorker, but just a willingness to, to reach yes. out and a willingness to help. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like 98 out of 100 people that I came up to, yeah. as long as I told them it wasn't about drugs or money. <laughs> New Yorkers have no fucking time for that shit. No. As long as I told them it, was, it wasn't about drugs or money, 98 out of 100 people would typically let me just take 10 seconds of their time. Nice. Um, and it, it was really just heartwarming, man. Like, sure. How many? So like, I, I got to ask, how many votes did you end up with? Uh, I think it was like 10,800 <laughs> something. And what was the next next high vote count? They didn't even tell us. So you, because it was ridiculous, right? You smashed everything. No, I mean, Otsi, so the last couple of days of the contest, um, Sky of Chicago decided that they wanted to build up anticipation, so they took down the public vote count. Right. Um, three days before the end when they did that, I think Otsi and I were both at around 8,000. Wow. Um, but, like, Memorial Day, Memorial Day was the last day of the contest, and Memorial Day alone, I handed out 1,000 QR codes. Um. I mean, you know, not everybody actually scanned the damn thing, but if 50% of the people I handed one to 
And typically I would hand one to a group of three or four people. I didn't go up to – I never went up to anybody who was alone. I never went up to a small group of younger females. It was just like for me, it was just like I don't want to be a creep. Yeah. But more, typically more I was going up to groups of yeah, – exactly. Typically, I was going up to groups of four or five, ten people, and I would hand out one or two QR codes. So for every QR code I gave out, I was pretty much contacting, on average, four people. So if I handed out a thousand QR codes in one day, I probably actually contacted 4,000 people. If even 25% of them voted that day, yeah, that's still a thousand votes. They, yeah. That 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 last push, and it was again, it was Memorial Day. I am a veteran. I was wearing a, 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 my you uh, arm um, USA flag uh, button up like it was I mean it was like shooting ducks in a barrel that day <laughs> like, yeah. so so when it's all said and done they they announced it you're going to Summerfest you yep. get on the fucking plane uh, you got to be fired up because I mean you've been getting the shit kicked out of you forever dude it actually so I, I was getting the shit kicked out of me still. So the two weeks prior to Summerfest, I had annual training with the Army at Fort McCoy, Wisconsin. So I drove – actually, I drove to Wisconsin so that way I would have my car for Summerfest. I actually stopped by on the way. I stopped at SDC one day um, just to drop off my rig because I didn't want to have my rig with me uh, at Fort McCoy. And it was the greatest warm-up for the event because I didn't really tell anybody I was popping by. I told AJ and I told Tracy. And I think I may have told Rook and Heidi, but um, I popped by for that one night, and uh, Lisa, Lisa Kaminsky, the bartender at the Tiki Bar at uh, Chicago, she happened to just be like restocking stuff, and I saw her halfway across the pond. I, I rode my bike over just to say hi, and the next thing I know, there's a crowd of like 10, 15 people who are all coming out to just say hi, because Scott of Chicago is that small of a community. Hmm. That people, the, the worst are getting around like, oh, yeah, Zedge is here. Let's go say hi to Zedge. And the next thing I know, we have a fucking bonfire awesome. on the one day that I'm there. Like, just, and people are just so stoked to see me. Mm. And they, oh, yeah, dude, you won the contest. Let's fucking go have a beer with Zedge. And like, everybody there, Scott of Chicago is such a small, small community within the community of skydiving. Sure. And it warmed me up so well for the event, reminding how much love that drop zone has sure how much how much they care about one another it felt so nice mm, i bet but yeah but anyway so the next day though army shit <laughs> i get to fort mccoy and for the next two weeks i averaged four and a half hours and sleep at night um because we were the the clinic for a uh, four thousand person task force uh, in terms of an aid station and of course people from <clears throat> florida north carolina a couple southern states they kept showing up, and they were all testing positive for COVID. Sure. And next thing you know, we had to quarantine them. We had to isolate people. And my next two weeks between stopping by Chicago and getting to Summerfest were just – again, it was like it was going back to the middle of COVID where I wasn't getting sleep. I was pulling 16, 17-hour days because people were – it sucked. Yeah. It sucked ass. It was the worst two weeks I've had in the reserves. And then it ends on the 24th. It's all over. And I tell my soldiers, like, guys, get home safely. Text your squad leader when you get in. Your squad leader will text me. I'll get accountability. Don't do anything stupid. But I am the fuck out of here. <laughs> I got in my car. 
and I drove to Summerfest. Nice. And getting to Chicago, dude, I was just so happy. <laughs> like it was that that two weeks at Fort McCoy reminded me of everything I had dealt with the prior year, mm. and it could not have prepped me better in terms of a me- mental state to be at the event. And the crazy part was like. You know, normally, you know, you get to a, a boogie, like a week-long boogie, like Summerfest, you're like, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. And by by day seven or eight, everybody looks a little haggard, a little tired. Nobody's quite making first load anymore. Right. But because I just spent two weeks of this bullshit at Fort McCoy, I show up and I look like I'm already at day nine. <laughs> Everybody's like, dude, you look exhausted. And day two, I wake up for like load four or five, and I'm just like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" I'm like, dude, you look so tired. What time did you go? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is the most rested I've been in two weeks. <laughs> I love yeah. that the first part of your Summerfest experience was just you decompressing from your real world. Exactly. It was perfect. <laughs> it was absolutely fucking perfect. Oh Jesus. Oh yeah. <laughs> So you get there, I mean, obviously you were motivated to have a blast and to kind of chill and everything, but were you trying to like hammer out a bunch of jumps or it was literally just, I'm going to take this as it comes? Fuck that. I think that anybody who has their D license will, anybody, yeah, anybody has the D license. You're not chasing jump numbers anymore. You really don't give a shit about the numbers. You're not about quantity, you're about quality. And that's exactly the mentality that I had. Um, and a, a lot of newer jumpers, they, they ask that same question, dude, why aren't you getting on every load? There's, there's one slot on a 15 minute call. You're packed. Why don't you get on that? And I'll tell them because I'm on a 90 minute call to do a jump with Mike DeLisi, Andrew Revis and Ashley Jensen. Hmm. And I would much rather take the 90 minute call and get a quality jump with people that I love who are the reason that I'm here. And have some fun rather than walk at the loading area every 25 minutes like, hey, I'm a solo looking to build. Yeah. Fuck that, you know? Like, yeah, I could have gotten more bang for my buck or whatever. I could have taken more of Rook's money by doing all the free jumps. But I was, I was there for a reason. It wasn't to chase jump numbers. It was there to spend time with my Sky family. Nice, nice. Like, I did, I did one day where I pretty much exclusively jumped with Ashley Jensen. Nice. I did one day where I almost exclusively jumped with Mike DeLisi. And it was amazing. Like it, Every jump, I had a shit-eating grin on my face. That's the way it's supposed like, to be. Yeah, like Ashley does this stupid little happy dance. And like every jump, we'd be doing this happy dance in the loading area. We'd be doing a little happy dance in the, on the ground. And it was just so happy. Well, happy. happy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, or Mike Delisi, one jump. Like, and I love, I love Mike. I mean, I hate Canadians, but I love Mike in general anyway. Um, because his thing, like, one, like, I forgot who we were jumping with Liz from San Diego. And she's a newer free flyer. And he's just like, we're going to, one thing, this exit might go to shit, but you know how it's not going to go to shit? If we're all smiling. If we're all smiling, I'm going to watch the video. If we're all smiling, it's a good exit. And we, we get to the ground, and we're watching the video, and we're watching the exit. And Mike's just like, Zedge, smile more. Terrible exit. Liz, you're smiling ear to ear. Good exit. Like, <laughs> shit like that. I'm like, fuck, yeah, bro. I've got to give credit to Mike. He has the grip strength of a gorilla. <laughs> On two separate jumps during Summerfest, I saw him taking with somebody who wanted to be – a newer free flyer who wanted to be in a group that was having problems with levels, Mike will just dock on ankles and hold people 
in the formation <laughs> in a sit, and he'll change his levels as needed to bring their knees up or down as required. So teach them good good form and to bring them to the rest of the group. Freaking love jumping with that guy. Um, but yeah, no. So it was it was all about quantity, uh, quality, not quantity for me. I did like somewhere around thirty, low thirty jumps. Um, cool. For first couple of days, I was cranking out like six a day. Um, then we started getting weather holds, and then we started having like, the longer call times. Um, I, I, the weather holds were my fault. Um, oh, I went exactly. live with Scott. Of, yeah, I went live with Scott of Chicago with Tracy to talk about the boogie on day four, I believe. And I was like, it's been so amazing. We haven't had any serious weather holds yet. The Knock fuck on did wood. you do that for? Dude. Literally 15 minutes later, we got our first major weather hold of the boogie. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt like such a dick. Um, uh, later that day, I did say I caused this. I'll be the sacrificial lamb. I'll, I I volunteer as tribute. I cracked a beer. Fifteen minutes later, weather holds over. <laughs> of course, of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean that's kind of um, the funny thing, right? I mean, so Chicago is not known for its stellar weather. Um, if, so for one of the busiest, biggest drop zones in the world, it's not exactly in the perfect place. But it somehow, Skydive Chicago itself seems to have this like reverse Bermuda Triangle around it. Yep. Um, and it manages to get more good weather than all the rest of fucking Illinois. Because I've worked in Illinois for the competition yeah. for a while. And trust me, I spent a lot of fucking time sitting on the ground. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, but Scott of Chicago kind of has that reverse Bermuda Triangle, except for when an idiot like you fucks it up and and has to say something. Yeah, fucking jinx and shit, right? And Pretty left. much. So, all right. So you did thirty something jumps, and you had a blast doing the jumps. Now, um, nightlife. Tell me about the nightlife in Scott of uh, Chicago for Summerfest this oh, yeah. year. I will say for this podcast, I did ask, before we get into the nightlife. I did ask specifically um, the drops in for some for some stats, please. So. Um, 633 people registered, but that doesn't include all the staff, all the LOs and there are 45 LOs. Like it was crazy. Like the level of skill and the quantity of skill were both so high on the LOs. It was fucking insane. I bet. Like didn't matter. You're talking about belly with Doug Barron, free flying with Amber Lee, you know, you got Jay Russ doing all the crazy ass angle shit. Richard Butts was there. XR, XRW, which is also crazy. The fact that they managed to get XRW jumps during a boogie with four planes flying, like the air boss gets so much fucking credit for the ability to effectively do, be doing high pulls almost. Yeah. Well, that's you exactly know? what it is. Yeah. Well, with a small ass canopy like that, given the fact that they're still doing wingsuit speeds, descent, and and you know. Either way, it was absolutely amazing that they managed to manipulate that to the point where they could have an XRW organizer. Sure. While they had five on on Saturday, they had five planes flying. Fucking Matt, yeah, hell! Actually, full random story. Mad props to fucking Rook. Um, I believe on Friday night he realized, "Fuck, I'm gonna need another plane." Yeah. He flew himself and one of the pilots in his plane to Paraclete to pick up one of their planes and fly it back the same night so that on Saturday he would have a fifth plane in the rotation. Awesome. Just awesome. ball or fucking move. Like being like, I care about this. Like, had he not done it, we all would have bitched about call times, but we all would have understood like, okay, it's a boogie. That shit happens. 
But he's like, fuck it, I got this shit. It's the 20th anniversary. I'm going to fly down, pick up another fucking plane. Awesome. Uh, anyway, so yeah, all the stats. We had about probably about 750 people total. Uh, 14,041 jumps. <laughs> In how many days? I think it was nine days. <laughs> you don't even fuck. <laughs> I think it was nine days. Yeah. Um, eight chops. Only eight chops in fourteen thousand fucking skydives. Yep. That's that's ridiculous. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, seventeen thousand gallons of fuel. <laughs> we are so not green. No, we're not green. Uh, Five hundred seventy loads. Eleven. Uh, 1,124 smoothies. Jesus. So how, many, possibly, how many gallons of fuel again? 17,000. <laughs> <laughs> Gee. Yeah, 17,000 gallons of fuel. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna, that one's going to take a while to soak into my brain. Consi- oh, wow. All right. Yeah. That's impressive, and, and po- man. And, and possibly a Guinness World Record. We don't know if it's confirmed yet, but Mike Vasquez... Uh, an army veteran who is in a wheelchair um, rolled out of the back of the sky van with it, with the wheelchair. Nice. And did a skydive with the wheelchair, landing it, rolling it out on the ground. Um, one of the most fantastic human beings I've met. This is the first time I met Mike. Um, awesome dude. But yeah, we're, we he told me he's putting it in for a goodness world. We'll see if it happens. But I don't know of anybody who's done that before. So, um, wait, are you there? Yeah, yeah I'm still here. Yeah, I, I I don't know of anybody that's jumped out with oh. one. I've uh, I've uh, been involved in wheelchair jumps where the chair stayed in the plane. Like we uh, yeah, uh, we hucked Jarrett Martin out on a rubber band system. That was kind of fun. <laughs> what? We rolled him out of the back of the Sherpa, and the uh, the chair was on a bungee. So when it got to the door, the chair stopped, and he didn't. <laughs> It's fucking epic, That's dude! Amazing. Yeah, you can you can actually find that one on uh, anybody wants to see. It, you can find that on YouTube. I believe it's called the uh, the wheelie wheelie cool jump. Yeah, the wheelie cool jump. We roll <laughs> we roll Jarrett Martin uh, of Summit Parachute Systems. We roll him out of the back of the Sherpa. It's badass. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. But yeah, yeah. So we we think that that may have been like a first. That's cool. He. Yeah, he definitely bought beers either way, so we're cool. <laughs> That's badass, dude. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, so th- those are the numbers that you know. It was just the, the skydiving aspect of it was fucking insane. Well, I, I was on four, I was on four different loads of people hitting double zeros. Really? Um, yeah. So I was on Logan Donovan's three thousandth, which was probably my favorite jump of the bogey, just because she's my best friend, and it was her, myself, Alex Hub or Alex Raymond. Um, Richo Butts, uh, Andrew Revis was doing video, um, Dave Delaney, which I always screw up his last name. We just did like a silly little hybrid and just having some fun, but it was just beautiful to be at Summerfest with some of my favorite people in the world with my best friend doing her 3000th. Sure. Um, Ashley Jensen invited me for her 600 with also... By the way, how the fuck does Ashley Jensen, who was a fucking ninja, only have 600 jumps? <laughs> like, like it. When she told me, I thought I misheard her. Talent, like, uh, know, talent these days, man, it's crazy. The the jump numbers have very little to do with skill in the air anymore. Yeah. Well, but, skill mean, in the yeah. air and free fall. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, it, it blew my mind. Like Ashley, I was there for Ashley's 600, my friend Emmy's 500, my friend Liz's, I believe, 300th. It was just, it worked out really well that so many people happened to be doing those double zeros at nice. Summerfest. And I think a lot of them timed it for that because it's the best place in the world to do that. Well, yeah. uh, also, Emmy, Emmy, if you happen to be listening to this, just so you know, pies do not expire and you are still owed a pie for your 500th. Nice. Uh, nice. And we will take care of that at Cross Keys. Happen to be listening to this, dude. I expect the same guerrilla marketing to go into this episode <laughs> as went into your fucking Summerfest episode, man. I want 10,000 fucking listens on this episode. God damn it. I'll, I'll, go, hang, I'll go hand out QR codes. Yeah, you better be back you know, in Washington Square, listen, motherfucker. Listen to two assholes talking to one another. Here you go. You're not that far away from New York right now. Uh, you can make it. <laughs> all right, so nightlife. Tell me about the nightlife because I missed all that shit too. Fuck, man. It was some true and tried classics. Um, there was. And I'll send you some photos of this stuff. Um, <laughs> at, you know, every night, you know, Scott of Chicago hosts a different event. On Sunday, it was, or no, the first Saturday, it was the. Um, the load organizers got introduced. We did a little bio for everybody who called them on the stage, and we introduced them. It was me, Tracy, and Josh. Uh, we split all the LOs. We, we, we pretty much fought over which LOs we got to agree. Uh, nice. We got to introduce. Like, fuck you. I'm introducing Mike DeLisi. You can go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit, Tracy. <laughs> you know, like, um, it, was, it was really nice just, you know, getting everybody on stage. That, that is one of the problems with a larger event like that. The newer jumpers don't know who everybody is. Sure. You know, like... And it was also just nice to get all the LOs up on stage, getting them like kind of ready to to do their role at the boogie. Sure. Um, then it was like marionette, uh, marionette beer chugging was also that night, where they have this contraption. It's a wooden thing that it's like pretty much almost like a ha- like a the hangman's noose type thing, sure. where it's strapped to behind you, it comes around you, and in front of you there's a little tray. Okay. In the four corners. Are connected to handles, and you're controlling the handles like like it's a puppet. Okay. But we put a beer in there, and you have to slowly pull down on the toggles to bring the the stage up to you. Then you have to rock it towards you, and then you have to use the toggles to tilt it to pour the beer into your mouth. <laughs> As you can imagine, a lot of people were not successful at this. Sure. Spilled beer all over themselves. Of course. Um, but the winner of the contest, uh, we did two rounds and then the second round, uh, we had the finalists, um, or the third round, we had the finalists and the, the winner won a, a free cookie G4. Nice. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> Not bad for ha- spilling beer ha- on yourself. Ha- yeah. Hashtag cookie. Um, and <laughs> right. Composite cookie helmets, whatever their, their hashtag is. Um, but yeah, then another night we had the sip and paint, which is one of my favorite events, um, where somebody gets on stage looking ridiculous, and a team of four has to paint them while getting drunk. Of course. And like the first round, you can just paint freehand. The second round, you had to paint like with your mouth. The third round, you had to paint while blindfolded, and your teammates are just giving you instructions. Fourth round, like the 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 the, the canvas was upside down, shit like that. Right. Uh, and then the first night, the first we did two rounds. The first round, I was dressed up in a skeleton costume, um, and I was riding an inflatable dragon. <laughs> okay. I fu- I fucked up. I started the the painting with my tongue stuck out, like as far as I could get it. And then I realized, fuck, I need to hold this position for an hour. 
With your so tongue I stuck out. I stuck my tongue out for an hour. The next day, my tongue was hurting so fucking badly, I could barely talk. See, see, but- <laughs> there are, you can't ever tell that story that way again. You didn't, you didn't fuck your tongue up at Summerfest, sticking it out so people could paint it. <laughs> That's not the story you're going to tell. Your tongue hurt the next morning, but it wasn't because of a painting contest. Let's just, so everybody, shh. <laughs> It didn't happen that way. He's he's our lying. Little, our, it's our little secret. Yeah, guys. the fuck, man. <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. My friend Daniela, um, who runs, uh, she 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 makes the uh, the I don't remember the name of her company. Daniela runs a uh, company making jumpsuits. Beautiful work. Okay. She's gonna kill me. De designs, I think. But so she didn't know it was me in the skeleton costume. And she saw, saw my tongue sticking out, and she found out it was me. She's like, that wasn't Zedge. That wasn't Zedge. There's no way that was Zedge. She was so creeped out with the fact that that was my tongue. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I can, <laughs> I can yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably be a little freaked out, too. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair uh, enough. But yeah, so other nights, like, we had the magic show, which I still haven't figured out how he ate that balloon and where it went. Um, All right. It was really, really disturbing. Um, we had... Human foosball, which I emceed with Doug Barron, which is, they make a huge human foosball table on the stage right there at at the Tiki Bar, and pretty much you have to hold onto a, a PVC pipe that's going over, sliding right and left on a huge uh, two by four. Okay, and it's t- two teams of like seven people, three, three, two, two, one, one, and you're just trying to freaking you know score goals on the opposite end. <laughs> It's super violent. Uh, balls keep getting, like one person actually. I think he did get a concussion from a ball to the head. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it's a super fun night. And then Fiddle Rock, which is definitely one of my favorite events. Uh, Casey McGrath um, puts on a violin show, but she does like mix-ups of like AC/DC, Metallica, Tool, Pink. Um, they just she's so insanely talented. And every year on Friday night, she does this show where she just rips shreds on the violin. Um, and then I organize fire spinners, like poi, staff, rope dart, shit like that. And we're all on stage spinning fire while she's playing. And it's just one of the most beautiful things of Summerfest in my mind because it is just so much fun. Sure. And it gets so it, – it really, in my mind, captures the energy of the event. Um, you take something like you know classically trained violinists – ripping freaking metallica sure sure you yeah. know it was also really fun like this year again because it's been two years i got i think everybody who's spinning fire and casey we all had so much energy for it. we are all so thrilled to be back at summerfest and back on stage that it just it went so, it, it was the vibe was just fantastic i remember i i saw i was spinning fire to uh to tool and there was a girl in the front row i'm not going to mention her name but I think that she may have been on some mind-altering substances. Fair enough. No. Wait, Summerfest? Are you kidding me? <laughs> a skydiver? I know, one, I, I know one person who, for the first time in their life, tried four different things that week they had never done before. Skydivers? Um, no, would but, never do something like that. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, so this girl just sitting in front of and cross-legged with these massive pupils and I'm just spinning fire to tool and I've never seen such a look of pure joy <laughs> it was just it was 
and like it, and people kept coming up to me after after fiddle rock being like dude you know i've never seen you spin like that you were like you have you been like practicing I'm like i hadn't spun fire since last summer fest to be quite honest and it was just the crowd this year was so passionate and so enthralled with the event that i was just feeding off the crowd and that their energy gave me my energy sure. to just be on stage and have so much fun with it well and it was just beautiful I mean, let's face it. Uh, um, granted, most of the stories probably weren't as extreme as the year you had, but I think I can speak for many, many people when I say "fuck 2020." Uh, it fuck was 2020. It was a yep. shit ass fucking year. Um, it took a huge toll on a lot of people, on most of us, to some degree. It it wore us out. Uh, a lot of us are still trying to get our heads around what's going on. 2021 ain't been great either. Um, so having something like Summerfest, some unifying event uh, where people just get to forget how yeah. fucked up the last year and a half has been has got to be so ridiculously freeing. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I finally got out of my town for the first time in two goddamn years last week, you know, so yeah. I, I know what it's like to just be able to look around and go, oh, my God, I get to take a deep breath, and it's a little, something's different. And so I can imagine how, how wonderful yeah. it must have been for the year that you had, especially, uh, to be able to go and just fucking let loose because i'm not gonna lie nobody else can see this but you you look like shit (laughs) (laughs) you 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 look like you've been going strong for weeks and you've been going strong for a couple years now so um yeah Yeah. i'll forgive that haircut whatever the fuck that is um (laughs) dude it's a reason i keep wearing my fucking pd hat everywhere yeah i mean i do love pd what's what's up pd um and what's up saber threes i need to buy windows by the way um but no like it's i just wear a hat everywhere because i know i look so fucking haggard right now man i wear a hat because my hair's falling out so fuck you (laughs) you're 52 your hair's supposed to be falling out yeah no it's still trust me when you're 52 and your hair's falling out you're not gonna like it any more than i do (laughs) (laughs) trust me you know what interesting point though about what you just brought up about how 2020 was so fucked and 2021 hasn't been much better one other awesome thing about fucking Summerfest this year was how many fucking brand new baby a license jumpers i fucking met Hmm. and that was their first boogie um it like and i keep telling them i just uh, i had this conversation with my friend sage who i met down at fucking Summerfest, who is i think she's still in the afp program at sdc she's Hmm. not even a license i don't think that was her first boogie i'm like i'm sorry you're fucked now. You've yeah. been spoiled rotten. You will never be able to top this. No, you're ruined. And you're 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 ruined. You know, you you just don't know what you're in. Same thing. My friend Beth, another. I think she just got her A license. I met her that day that I popped in before I went to Fort McCoy, um, and like she was a dancing machine. She was just going nuts on stage during Rook's set on Saturday, which, by the way, was the culmination. Obviously, was Rook's set on Saturday. Rook and uh, Andrew Hermitet, the one man boogie. Love you guys fucking killed it on saturday night but i like i see beth dancing all night i see sage dancing I'm like you guys are brand new jumpers you got into skydiving in the middle of covid because you needed something you sure. needed some kind of escape from the reality that is this fucked up situation that we're all collectively living in and it was so awesome to meet them at this event being like you got into skydiving in the middle of fucking covid <laughs> right. and this is how you know you got introduced to this sport in this community 
And like both of them, I talk, I, before the podcast, I bo- asked both of them, like, you know, what was your favorite experience? And both of them pretty much talked about it, how much love they found in this community. Sure. And like in the middle of this fucked up two years, I can't imagine a better group of people to have in my life to maintain my sanity. Sure. Well, I mean, that's you the know? thing, right? Is I mean, the community of skydiving outside of a situation like COVID is incredible and amazing and wonderful and they would have still had wonderful experiences getting into it if COVID were not there but collectively there's not one person that was out there um, that hasn't dealt with some shitty thing having happened in the last year and a half and to be able to go to that it's kind of like a times 10 you're multiplying everything that you would normally feel and enjoy at a boogie is so much stronger you know I mean it just is uh, um, just multiplied and you really get to dig it you know and so to get started during that (laughs) man I can can only imagine It it was so cool to meet them like Normally, Summerfest is not a place you meet newer jumpers. I tell most people, if you don't have a B license yet, don't go to Summerfest. Yeah. Because in my mind, like, it's just too much. It's too crazy. Like, wait till you have an experience so you can really appreciate it. Sure. Um, but I was wrong. Seeing these brand new A licenses showing up at the fucking boogie and just having the time of their lives, meeting everybody. I mean, like, if you're a brand new belly jumper and you're in the loading area, and fucking Rook walks up to you and be like, hey, I'm a solo looking to build. And you get to do a jump with the guy. Like It's like fucking you know, being a hockey player playing a pickup game in the pond, sure. and all of a sudden Wayne Gretzky shows up. He's like, hey, can I play some, can, can I play some stick with you? Sure. Well, you know, I mean, and, my opinion was something like that would be that the, the least important thing at an event like that for a brand new jumper would be the jumps. The most important thing would be to really meet the people and the, yeah. the vibe and what drives skydiving as a sport Absol- because absolutely. that's the one thing everybody I've ever talked to on this podcast agrees with, the, the hook to skydiving is not the jumping. It's the people yep. that jump, you know? Yep. So that's, that's I guarantee you those new jumpers that you met are hooked for fucking life, period. That's Absolutely. it. We got them. Yeah. <laughs> we got them. They're ours. We got you, you bastards. Damn right, man. It's the big trap, Sage man. Beth, we got you. You are fucked. Half your income for the rest of your life, and you're part of the party, <laughs> man. It's That's it. So, but that's that's awesome, man. I mean, I can't even fathom what that must have been like as a first experience, especially coming from, you know, my first drop zone wasn't a fun jumper drop zone. It was a tandem factory, and I kind of had to work to get those fun jumps in. And, and uh, when I finally got to a drop zone where people went out and had fun, it took me a while. Like, I'm like, oh, this is, this is what happens? Holy shit. You know, and then I was hooked. But uh, to have that as a first experience, fucking hell. it was it was so shitty an experience that you had to go to wildwood to to do it all over again and you're sitting on the jersey coast dude you know i'm not even jumping here (laughs) i i literally my friends had a house i'm doing this podcast in and they're like hey yeah we have a place for you to stay if you want to just come and i'm like fuck it i'll just come to fucking party hang out my peeps nice you know, that's another one. I, I got down here and it was like a bunch of people who I haven't seen in a while. Uh, Darren McKean's down here. He's he's helping throw some drugs for them. Tom fucking Noonan is here. I'm like, I right? turn around like, like, what the fuck, Tom? <laughs> like, yep. You're supposed to be in Antarctica or Everest or some shit. Right, right. You know, like, 
It was even funnier. I'm talking to Tom. We're talking about Bill Booth. And the next thing you fucking know, Bill Booth calls Tom while we're talking about it. Awesome. Him. <laughs> awesome. Like, this is just too perfect. This community is so incredible, man. Yeah. Like, even, like, you know, coming from Summerfest and coming to the Wildwood Boogie with cross keys, it's like, it's obviously worlds apart, but it's the same vibe. It's the same mentality. It's the same sure. spirit of skydiving it's the same sky family and it was just like it's like i never really really leave Summerfest. yeah it was absolutely fucking incredible when a uh, wildwood the wildwood boogie i've done two years there both years i was working so i was chucking drugs out of the helicopter and and had just an amazing time staying with the crew and all that and i think i told you we uh the whole crew were out. I think it was the not the last night of the boogie but close to the last night nobody had to get up particularly early the next day and we were having a fair amount of fun and ended up on the, the Ferris wheel with one of, uh, one of the group decided that she would, uh, uh, flash boobs every single time the Ferris wheel got down towards the ground and we watched as the crowd just grew bigger and bigger and bigger because they all knew a pair of tits were coming out as soon as we got down to the bottom because <laughs> every time she'd get down to the bottom she'd scream everybody likes tits and she'd get her tits out again <laughs> every single time and uh, yeah Wildwood was something else and again like I said uh, at the beginning it's, it's a, a wild mix because you're having this boogie atmosphere surrounded by a bunch of people that don't fucking skydive you know people yeah. walking the boardwalk that have no idea what's going on and you just kind of i hate to say this but you feel superior because you're like i know shit you guys don't know <laughs> you do you're like you guys are so missing out <laughs> it was great uh, so i was walking uh my my friend kayla and i we went to go pick up pizza for man we got out there and we're walking by and i see a bunch of like skydive crosskey shirts and I'm just like, yo, fucking nice shirt. And they're looking at me like I'm an asshole. Like, what the fuck's he talking about? And I'm like, oh, I thought they were new fun jumpers who I hadn't met yet. And then I realized that the Tams were all buying the shirts down there. Of course. And I'm like, I'm like, oh no, they're woofos. Shit. Yeah, yeah, they don't know what's up. They don't know what's up. Oh man. Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're down there having a good time as well. Because, um, yeah, I have some some great intense memories from uh, from the Wildwood Boogie as well. I've only been able to come for a quick visit for Summerfest. I've never done a proper Summerfest. I've never made a jump at Summerfest because I was always working for the competition. Uh, so we would come over for the parties, but I couldn't even stay for the fucking parties and go proper because I had to get up the next morning to fly. So, so all, all I'm hearing is Summerfest 2022, yeah. Dean is going to be fucking organizing. No, organizing what? <laughs> Shit, man. Yeah, no, no. I, I'll come watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd volunteer you up as a pilot, but then I won't get to get fucked up with you, and that's pointless. Yeah, no, no. If I'm gonna come out there, it's gonna be to sit in a lawn chair, watch the mayhem, and uh, and cause a little mayhem of my own. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Now, as we wrap, it, 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 go, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, as far as mayhem goes, I also got to give credit to uh, Anthony, the SNTA out there at fucking Chicago, all the crew, everybody who was jumping. It was one of the safest boogies I've ever been to. Awesome. Um, like there was like, even when you were th throwing two plane shots, I didn't see any like questionable shit really under canopy. Um, I did get yelled at at one point for crossing the runway too fucking low and being a fucking moron, which good. I was a fucking moron. Good, I I'll admit it. You know, um, but it was one of the safest boogies I've ever been to in the air. 
Well, um, I mean, come on. That's the that's what needs to happen. That's how skydiving gets to continue, and that's how the reputation gets better, yeah. not worse. So that's awesome. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, yeah, I just think it. You know, while we're talking about Summerfest, I think it's important to mention that because I've been to boogies where I'm like, "Fuck, I'm not. I'm just here to party. I'm not going to jump because sure. I don't feel safe getting on a load." Sure. Uh, this was the exact like the, safety was not a question in my mind at any given point. Right. Um, like they they made weather calls to the point where people were pissed off. Be like, "We could totally fucking jump in this," and the drops. I'm just like, "No, no, we're not doing that." That's awesome. Um. Better like, safe they, than they sorry, definitely... and, and at some point, fuck the money, man. It's 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 about safety, yeah. and it's nice to Absolutely. see when a DZO will do something like that. And, I mean, come on, let's face it. We're celebrating 20 years from when uh, Rook and Melissa decided to do this in the first place, and what a raging success it's become. The last thing in the world you want to do is spoil that with a bad reputation and dangerous shit. So hats off to them, and hats off to making yeah. the call to scrap in 2020 because it was the smart fucking thing to do. You know, same good. thing with the Nationals. You know, I know that was controversial as well, but hats off to the boys and girls that scrapped Nationals for 2020 because it was the smart fucking thing to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy they did it. I'm proud of them for doing it. And it's that kind of stuff that, that makes you stand up and go, look, man, skydivers, we might jump out of airplanes and do what the rest of the people consider a little, you know, risky shit, but that's not who we are, man. We're, we're about taking care of business the right way, and, and it's nice when people prove you right. Fuck it, man. Yeah, man. So look, as, uh, as we wrap absolutely. shit up, I want you to tell me how we uh, how we find out about you, how we find out about uh, team, how we find out about Friday Freak Out, all that shit. How do they track you? Uh, so my Instagram is just zegmski z e j m s k i. Um, I'll be post. I, I I was doing daily photos and videos from uh, from Summerfest. They're all on there. Awesome. Um, Yep. Then join the team. Just join the team dot com. Team spelled T E E M. Tango Echo Echo Mike. Um, every Friday we have a brand new Friday freakout. If you have content, just hit me up. Uh, my Facebook's also the same, Zedge Emsky. Um, and yeah, I, well, I, one thing I will say about Friday freakout, though, I only learned this at Summerfest. So I've been the writer for three years, doing the analysis of, you know, taking these videos, what happened. Why did it happen? How can it be prevented? And every week we actually do a full write-up. It's about a page long most weeks about exactly that. You know, what, how, why, etc. A lot of people don't know that if you can click that little button right there on YouTube, like read more, that's where the write-up is. Sure. A lot of people are still thinking it's just the carnage. So if you are a Friday Freakout um, subscriber and you didn't know that's there, please actually click the read more button and see the full description of the video to get all the info. Um, because it really is. We we don't intend it for to be Sopadarf. We're not sure. just making fun of people for doing stupid shit. We are trying to provide lessons learned after action like reviews of what went down to try to protect the community and help people be safer. Sure. Um, yeah. And then obviously, you know, buy our jerseys and church shirts and shit. As I sit here in a team jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that. I noticed that. Uh, good marketing, except we're not shooting the video. It's just fucking comfortable, man. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, man. <laughs> like, well, th this and my this and my Tony suits jersey are like the most comfortable things that I think I own. Yeah, fair enough, man. I'm not going to argue with you even a little bit. <laughs> Skydivers are not known for wearing uncomfortable. Well, that's not true. We fucking strap that's our balls bullshit. into rigs every day, so. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Well, I'll tell that's you much, what, man. That's especially the freaking prom dresses. Fuck. Yeah, well, that too. Well, and the, actually, the skirt I wear is pretty comfortable, but that's that's another story. So, 
honestly, seriously, man, thank you for taking uh, time out of your party schedule. <laughs> I know you've been going big, but I know you've been working your ass off for the last year and a half, which is greatly appreciated for the frontline shit and all that stuff. Uh, trust me, it didn't go unnoticed by a lot of people. Obviously, they sent you to Summerfest for a reason. You earned it. Uh, and uh, I appreciate you sitting and talking shit with me, and uh, we will definitely do it again in the future. Okay, man. Love you, brother. All right, brother. Okay. Give big hugs to everybody down in Wildwood and big uh, hugs to everybody at Cross Keys and uh, everybody see, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Fucking A, man. Love you, dude. Same Cheers. thing. Hugs to all my crews. You got it. Love you. Love you, buddy. There it is. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void in the Can, brought to you, as always, by the one and only NZ Aerosports Icarus. Fuck yeah. Also brought to you by Jarrett Martin Summit Parachute Systems, badass rigging courses, badass pilot rigs, and me, the fucking pilot. You can hit me up at thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Either way, it gets you to the same place. Both the books, all the podcasts. We'll see you next time.